This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Wait, 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 we're doing that Brooklyn Nets, Brooklyn talk. Nets talk right here on Talking Nets. Brooklyn, we go hard. We go, go hard. Talking Nets. Hosted by Keith McPherson, Robin Lundberg, and Hudson Flynn. Yes, sir. Welcome back to Talking Nets. We started this after the clean sweep. We still here after Kevin Durant is traded to Phoenix, where he wanted to go from the summer to now. The trade deadline's over, folks. We're going to talk about everything. Our world, Nets world. I'll lead this thing off as I usually do. I feel relief. I feel refreshed. I feel like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders as a Nets fan. As a Nets fan, I've seen a lot. I mean, I wore my 2015 We Are Playoffs shirt to the gym today. You wasn't there. You wasn't there watching the Nets play the Atlanta Hawks. You wasn't there thinking that the Nets, as the eighth seed, could beat the one seed you wasn't there some of y'all were some of y'all were and shout out to the people that threw out their receipts but you got to understand the nba is entertainment and this is also a business and we can feel betrayed we can feel let down we can be mad at joe Sy. we can be mad at sean marks you can be mad at katie you can be mad at Kyrie. but if you like basketball if you like who and you have loyalty to the New York Nets that turned into the New Jersey Nets and then turned into the Brooklyn Nets. And people are still hitting the voicemail, which you could do. uh, 929-500-103 if you want to be on the show. We're going to take our time today. Uh, Today I got time. Today I got time because what I'll say is this. Sean Marks, whether he keeps his job or not, I don't know. Joe Sy. As the owner of the Nets, he's shown his hand a little bit. And if you're a Nets fan that was here specifically for KD and Kyrie, there's the door. We understand the Nets went the superstar route, and there's a ton of risk in that. There was not enough of a reward. I keep hearing that the Nets now can't win a championship as if they won a championship. They haven't. I have to remind folks, they made it to game seven of the second round. They didn't even get to a conference championship. So all of this was much about nothing. All the drama, all the BS, all the trades, all the attention. Nobody cares about the Nets. There's no Nets fans. That's incorrect. Everybody's talking Nets now, and this Nets world has been built. So if you're a fan of the Brooklyn Nets and you like watching basketball, There's still going to be games. I'm going to the game tonight. But now we don't have the pressure of Kevin Durant, arguably the best player in the NBA here, and his best friend, BFF besties, Kyrie Irving, 
We don't have the pressure of, okay, these guys are superstars with rings. They're supposed to bring a ring to Brooklyn. They they didn't. They got swept out of the first round last year. They're not as great as everyone made them out to be. And you know what I'll also add? We had good times. We had bad times. I feel differently about KD than I do about Kyrie. I feel differently about, you know, what KD did. I understand. KD came here with Kyrie. And, uh... Unfortunately, KD was fragile. His first year, he sat out the whole year. They paid him. They finessed this organization. He's been hurt every year, and there's two things that are parallels. Last year, when KD went down, when Bruce Bruce Brown got bulldozed into him, frail legs just can't take a hit. Not knocking the guy. It just is what it is. He's injury prone. He goes down, and Harden doesn't want to be Batman. He's he's trying to be Robin, the KD's Batman. He doesn't want to carry the team. He quits on the team. Kyrie is in and out of the lineup, being anti-vax guy. Harden quits on the team. He forces his way out. Deja vu this year. Everything's going good. 12-game win streak. You win 18 out of 20. Then KD gets hurt. Kyrie carries the team a little bit and thinks that that affords him a four-year max contract, $200 million extension. No, silly rabbit, we ain't going for it. So he requests a trade. Him going out to Dallas led to KD, right, the organization doing right by KD and saying, hey, we're not going to wait till the end of the year, even though we did make this Kyrie trade trying to bring assets to retool around you. We'll, we'll do what we said we're going to do. We'll trade you to the Phoenix Suns and only the Phoenix Suns where you want to go. Thank you for your time here. Let's move forward. Robin, Hudson, go Look, for it. I mean, you can't sugarcoat it to start, right? Like, you, you got to get the obvious stuff out of the way. Biggest disaster in NBA history, whatever you want to call it, epic failure. All those things are true. It, the Kyrie-KD duo, the scary hours, all that stuff sucked. You know, we've been dealing with constant drama, like you mentioned. One playoff series win. You can blame whoever you want to blame. I think that Kyrie, in some ways, was at the root of every issue that happened. But Joe Sy is the owner. It's it's his job to smooth some of that stuff over. Sean Marks is the general manager. KD apparently wanted him out. The, the thing I'm, I'm miffed with KD about, and, and look, it's still a great thing that Kevin Durant wore a, a Nets uniform, I suppose. But just how seemingly attached to Kyrie He's been through all this despite, you know, all the stuff that, that Kyrie brought, the, the shenanigans. And so all that's true. And the, the idea of a championship is gone. But there was no championship before, like you mentioned. This is the, the greatest hypothetical team that ever was. In reality, they're not a great team. They never were a great team. And it, it seems like they were never going to be a great team. So the, the ripping of the Band-Aid can be cathartic in some ways. Because now you've got a fun group to root for. You know, there's a likability factor. Jacques Vaughn, about the most likable person on the planet Earth. Cam Thomas just became the youngest player in NBA history to score 40 points in three plus games, three straight games. I don't know what he's eventually going to be, but it's at least something to feel good about. Nick Claxton, a good young player. And then a plethora of wings like Bridges is good. Cam Johnson is good. Dorian Finney-Smith is a good player. Uh, Dinwiddie's a good player. So there, there's a lot of guys that make you think, at least I think this can still be a playoff team, can still be a competitive team, a fun team to root for. And it, it's just in everyone's best interest probably to move forward. I was in the boat of keep KD past the trade deadline, see what you can do and revisit in the summer. 
But it is what it is. It's over. It will not be looked upon fondly. And hopefully the uh, the future will be better. Because bottom line, the next era of Nets basketball can't be worse than the previous era of Nets basketball. Yeah, I mean, it can't be worse based on missed expectations, right? The the level of achievement to expectation. We go up two two nothing in that Buck series. People are saying the Nets ruined the NBA, right? Mm. The the level of expectation we had was dynasty, was better than the Golden State Warriors dynasty, was establishing this is the greatest team in NBA history. So to only win seven playoff games, definitely the Nets are the biggest disappointment compared to those great expectations. But I, I find it interesting to me, and and I hold uh, large amounts of contempt for the way Kyrie left the Nets and the way he acted when he was on the Nets. I don't hold that same level of contempt for Kevin Durant. I think the Nets did right by him um, and showed to other superstars that, you know, if you are a good team player, if you're a good superstar it, in terms of an organizational perspective, we will do right by you, even if it is a tough decision for the organization itself. But it's interesting to me the the lack of discussion around flack that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are getting, certainly more for Kyrie. But when you look at Kevin Durant coming to the Nets, and, and Robin, this is was your phrase and a lot of other people's phrases, but Kevin Durant was supposed to be the bus driver, right? He was supposed to be option number one. He was so great, and he is so great, that he made James Harden and Kyrie Irving number twos and threes. To make Kyrie Irving a number three on a team is is almost a, a comical thing to do. But for as great as he was in in spurts and when he wasn't injured and and when he had a, a cast of uninjured players around him and stars around him, the Nets only won seven playoff games. And when you're looking at an outcomes perspective, there is, of course, the Nets are not blameless. Joe Sy, Sean Marks, not blameless. But at the end of the day, winning only seven playoff games for a player as great as Kevin Durant is, who came on to be the face, not only of the Brooklyn Nets, but of basketball in New York. And honestly, basketball in the NBA, when he made that move, is disappointing from his perspective and is a disappointment on his resume. And it's a blemish on his resume. Not that he is, the Nets are completely blameless, but I think there is something to be discussed to the fact that he is joining another team and doing another, t- and once again, joining a team that already has esta- established championship credentials. Whether or not the Suns were going to win one without him is up to be debated, but championship credentials. And so now it remains to be seen whether or not Kevin Durant's legacy, and certainly Kyrie Irving's legacy, is able to take a hit like this. Because for as much of a failure as it is at, as the Nets organization, it's also a failure for those two players individually. Yeah, look, I don't wish ill will for anybody. Uh, Kyrie, like I said, I think is at the root of so many of these issues. But KD, when the going gets tough, KD gets going. <laughs> it seems to be the case. And what's so funny about it is they, they look so good when they were out there playing with KD and, and the, you know, the other core group of players, even before they upgraded the, the rest of the roster. You know, I've actually heard that behind the scenes, um, he may not have been a, as loved by some of his teammates uh, and that there was some chaos behind the scenes, even when they were winning this year. Uh, but, you know, I don't want to just badmouth people either on the, the way out the door. Um, you know, Kevin Durant, good luck in Phoenix. But they didn't really do much for this team. You know, they wore they wore a uniform. Maybe they helped build the brand in that sense. But as far as, like, the imprint that they had, the lasting imprint, what is it? It's a, it's a flaming 
dumpster in front of Barclays Center. Not really any seven hardware. Seven playoff wins. They won seven games in the playoffs during this time. Yeah, so, I mean, that's what they're. That's what it's going to be remembered for. And that was his chance to sort of have his own team and carve out a unique legacy. The guy's an all-time great player. Can't take that away from him. But it's disappointing. It is. Um, I want to address Mira in the chat. She seems like she's having a bad day. She seems like she's down. Uh, she seems like she's still living in this imaginary land of Katie and Kyrie bringing a championship to the Brooklyn Nets. They were never close. They were never available. And the stats are coming out now about how many games they missed, how many games they played with the scary hours big three. It was all flash and no substance. Just be real with yourself. We're not trying to sugarcoat it. We're not trying to make anything up now. Yeah, did we think that they had a chance this year when they went and uh, won 18 out of 20 games? Yeah, but it's it was in it was in December. Like December does not mean success in April. I like, do you guys watch basketball? I can't wait to watch the rest of this basketball season now that I don't have to be a public defender for Kyrie's anti-Semitism, his him not showing up his anti-vax stuff, his all-world thinking. You know, we've defended the guy for the last four years because we thought he was one of our own. We thought that he cared about the team. We listened to him talk about being from the area, rooting for the team as a kid, and we related to that. But that was all nonsense. It's entertainment, folks. The NBA script is riveting. And if you think that the Nets are going to just disappear and fall into this black hole of nothingness, you're mistaken. You're mistaken. That's why I say, do you watch basketball? Do you pay attention to this league? There's the upper echelon of talent, yes. But Kyrie and KD aren't guaranteed to win a championship before the Brooklyn Nets. I don't think the Nets have a championship roster right now. I'm not impressed with what Sean Marks did. There's a ton of guys on this roster. There's a ton of question marks why some of these guys didn't get moved. There's a ton of question marks about what they knew they were doing versus like they didn't have they didn't really have a good beat on this thing like I think they thought that Kevin Durant was going to stay and his loyalty to Kyrie who brought him here right that's why they came here that's why Knicks fans are celebrating today because during that free agency that summer of 2019 there was rumblings of them both coming to New York them teaming up together and Kyrie specifically chose the Nets and KD came with him to the Nets, and they felt shunned. They felt like, how could they pick little brother? How could they pick the second team in New York? Nobody cares about the Nets. Nobody likes the Nets. That's not true anymore. The Nets are relevant, no matter what anyone wants to say. The whole NBA world can say that they're laughing at the Nets, but they're talking about the Nets. I feel bad for the youth. I feel bad for the young kids that came into the Nets within the last five years or so. And they had the fun team with the the dancing and D'Lo and uh, Karis and Spencer and Joe Harris and Jared Allen and those guys. And then we got rid of that and it was like, holy shit, we got superstar talent. That's literally why they moved the team from East Rutherford to Brooklyn, right? Players didn't want to go live in the swamps of New Jersey and play in the Meadowlands. The arena was trash. The whole, everything around it was not good. Fans weren't showing up. I remember those days. They moved from Continental Airlines Arena to the Rock where the Devils play. It was crickets. You could get in those games for $15. They moved the franchise 
for greener pastures. Twice now they have made the mistake of going the superstar route. I, I know you guys don't know all of the history because you are young, and I do have some compassion for the kids that are hurt because I think about if I was a kid waking up to the KD news after dealing with the Kyrie stuff earlier this week, I would be completely crushed. But there are better days ahead. They're not completely empty, right? The it's not the cupboard is not barren. They have some talented players and they have a coach. They are in fifth place. These guys are gonna play. They've got like 28 games left in this season. They should be a playoff team, maybe a playing team. Let it all play out. That's what hurt me the most, to be honest, is I had to wake up and, and tell my oldest son, Raj, uh, that that jersey I got him at the, the game we went to, you know, I, I, we're going to have to get you another one. And I want to tell you this before the kids at school say something to you, because, you know, yeah. they, they're old enough now where they, they start talking that. And he had gone to me the other day and said, is Kevin Durant going to get traded? You know, and, and I knew when I walked in that building that day. And I saw that white basket. I, I saw how fire it was. I saw the look on his face. And I saw the price tag. And I went, <laughs> I didn't buy one. Yeah, I this, stopped buying those yeah. guys' jerseys. I, it was worth it for the moment. The moment was priceless, right? The moment was priceless, but I knew there was a risk involved. I was hopeful that KD would take the burden on and go through. He didn't. It is what it is. Uh, I'm, I told him, pick your favorite player. I'll, I'll replace it. I'll get you a new one with your favorite player on the new team and, and we'll go from there. Cause those guys are likely to be here longer. If I'm blaming management for anything, it's this one. They waited forever to hold Kyrie accountable for anything. You know, like he got away with all that stuff for so long. And then they went the hard line stance route and it broke apart. Kevin Durant. The thing I'll blame them for is if they thought he was staying, well then make him stay. Cause he's under contract or work as if you were going to ship him off. Don't let your hand be forced in these situations. Put your big boy pants on. As far as the, the the roster itself, though, I think you're underselling a little bit the players they got. What did KD say? It's a wings league? The Nets have more wings than any team in the league. I think they will be elite defensively. My, my question comes from shot creation. Obviously, a lot's going to fall on Cam. We'll see how special this run actually is. Bridges can score. Johnson can score. Dinwiddie can score. That they'll they'll be lacking when you get we to trade clacks. Yeah, you they'll be lacking when it gets to playoff lockdown defense and teams scheming for you. But I, I do think it's a good competitive team. Like all the Knicks fans are laughing, and I get it. I understand why they're doing it. But I'm not so sure the Nets still aren't better than the Knicks, for instance. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, and I think people are forgetting the fact that not only are the Nets in a better position with the roster that they're in than I feel like people feel like they are, but I think I think people are forgetting where we're sitting in the East, right? We're currently in fifth place in the East. We're 10 games above 500. We're going to make the playoffs. There's uh, it, Everybody makes the playoffs, at least the play-ins. Like, there would have to be some sort of a disaster of metric proportions and the Nets lose every game for the rest of the season for us to not make the playoffs. And, you know, at the end of the day, we have 
a core to build around of players who are under contract. I would have liked to have seen Joe Harris uh, and Seth move on, but Bridges, Cam Johnson, we got players who are under contract for multiple years. Clax is under contract for multiple years. Obviously, Cam Thomas is under contract for multiple years. We have a great young core. We are still, and I stand by this, despite what you know, Ix fans want to say, the preeminent team in the greatest city in the world. We are an attractive franchise. And say what you will about the Kevin Durant trade, but at the very least, at the very least, when we traded him, putting aside what we got in return, putting aside everything else, the Nets left him and our relationship with him off on a good note. They did him a solid. They traded him to the team that he wanted to be traded to when it became clear that he really wanted to move. And I don't necessarily agree. I would have preferred if the Nets held him out, held on to him and just tried to work things out, tried to build another contender for next year. Who knows? But we maintained a relationship with that level of a superstar to the point where I feel comfortable and confident in saying that there is no reason why the Nets will not be able to make a run at other superstars and get other superstars. Yeah, that narrative is nonsense, bro. And Kyrie, Kyrie playing into it. Like I, I said before we went live, like I, I hate that we supported the guy and that, you know, he was one of ours. So we really went to bat for him. And then as soon as he's out of here, he's like, oh, I'm I'm just happy Kev got out of there. You know, we'll we'll get to see each other a little more since we're in the West. What the fuck are you talking about? You were on the same team. See each other more? You were you were in the same locker room. Are you high? No, you're just delusional. So I don't think it's true about um, you know, now that these two are out, other superstars are never going gonna want to come to Brooklyn. They built this Nets world. It is very appealing to come to New York City for multiple reasons. Now there's some guys and some young talent on this roster. It doesn't matter what they say in the media. Let this all play out. Let's see how it works. If you're an NBA fan, you've watched Kyrie leave the Cavs and LeBron, leave Jason Tatum and the Celtics. Now, I'm not going to leave my guy seven, leave the Brooklyn Nets and leave Kevin Durant where he was forced into, or the Nets were forced into honoring their word. I think this summer they told him, hey, if this thing doesn't go well, we will trade you to the one place you want to go. The Suns have a new owner. They were just in town Tuesday. And he's going to Phoenix for Super Bowl week. Good for him. Like, I understand everybody's upset and there's a lot of emotion. But what I what I want to get through on this podcast is these guys didn't win a damn thing. This was a disaster. It was a colossal fail. It was all hype. And you can't live your life off of potential. You can't do business off of hope and theory and what you think is going to happen. You can only base things off of results the results they got was a first round sweep last year by the eventual team that went to the finals and the year before I, I will forever feel like this that was their year but the basketball gods were not ready for that big three injuries and this much separated Kevin Durant from hitting a three-pointer versus a two-pointer and then Giannis gets his time it was the it was the Bucks time it wasn't the Nets time we're still searching for the team that's going to put us back in a championship. This whole thing is a cautionary tale. You've heard me say that. I think less teams in the NBA, less owners in the NBA, are going to be inclined to giving up everything for diva-type players that demand everything and then don't show up for you. They're either hurt or they got their own things going on. They're not on the floor enough. It's not worth it. I am perfectly fine with the Nets deciding to do business 
in a uh, respectable way and not just like putting the fans uh, through another four years of nonsense with no championship to show for it. You know, it's funny because, first of all, Kyrie's got a handle, but he doesn't have any self-awareness, right? That's one thing. Number two, what's the um, last team that won via free agency that didn't sign LeBron James? You know, like, I can't think of it. When you go, like, we keep going, superstar players, free agency. Who? Who? I mean, Kawhi was traded to the the Raptors. Uh, I guess you could say Kevin Durant going to the Warriors, but they already drafted that Raptors team. And and the Warriors were already a championship core before that. So it's really only been where LeBron James has gone that a free agent has actually changed the dynamics of the NBA. All these other teams we're talking about, the Boston Celtics, they drafted their guys. You know, the Bucks, they drafted Giannis, right? You go back to the Celtics with Garnett and and Pearson. But those uh, were even trades. Those were trades. I mean, but like putting the big three together, putting groups of stars together, you got to draft. You got to build through the draft. And and I hope that if, you know, you look at what we've done here, we can hit on some draft picks moving forward. Go ahead, Robin. That's something that Sean Marks has done well. If we're going to give him credit for something, I mean, Nick Claxton, Cam Thomas, some of these guys we're talking about. I, I think Bridges is somebody that can develop. So what are the, the Nets missing right now? They're missing a superstar, right? Like that that is what it is. It, it, it um, lowers the ceiling. But I think the floor of the team is, is pretty high. They've restocked the, the draft capital. So you're not just sitting there for the rest of time wondering, you know, when they're going to have a draft pick again. There, something good is just going to have to happen. You put a good product on the floor, a, a, a team that you want to root for, and then something's going to have to go your way, whether it's Cam Thomas becoming some sort of sensation or some, one of these future draft picks coming in down the line. I, I see a, um, a premium message in the chat. From Chubbs. <laughs> what up, Chubbs? Chubbs from Nets Kingdom with the 499 super chat. We get money. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey. I'll say this, Chubbs. You guys keep doing your thing with Nets Kingdom. What I love is that when we started talking Nets in 2019, before the pandemic hit and banged that season, right, the 2019-2020 season, Hudson and I were building this against all odds. We knew that, like, the attention of Kevin Durant and Kyrie was going to take us somewhere. We did not know it would be this treacherous, tumultuous. We didn't know it would be this much drama. But there was not this many fans people covering the Nets, talking about the Nets. This Nets world has been built by people like Chubbs and AJ and Nets Kingdom with Saint and Rage and those guys. Also, the glue guys. Shout out to the glue glue guys. I'm never beefing with the glue guys. Um, I just think it was corny how they, like, were obsessed with Kyrie, but I understand it. Uh, You have us. We're we're exactly wrong in retrospect. No, I understand (laughs) it. You know, they were obsessed with, with uh, you know, Kyrie and Katie's friendship and talking about these guys off the floor as if they knew things. But that's fine. Um, locked on Nets, those guys, uh, Adam and, and Doug. Like, this Nets world has fans who are making media, fan-made media, and actual fans in the arena were not going anywhere. We got another premium chat, Jet Hawk uh, eleven seventy two. He says real the Nets fans will still be here. And that's, I think, the test here. That's kind of the test is we keep talking about it, right? Like, and, and well, let's be quite frank about it. One of the big reasons the Nets were talked about so much is some of the players who were on the roster, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving specifically, but did, has enough been done since the move to Brooklyn 
since the acquisition of, of superstar talent, even if it was just in name, going back to Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce and, and Darren Williams, to now this era of the team through a decade where people can grow up, where people can see the merchandise, they can purchase the merchandise, they can have their own experiences. Did that stick? And if it's stuck, those fans are going to stick it through. And they're going to go cheer and chant MVP at the foul line when when Cam Thomas goes for 40 again. They're going to lift up a team that's going to play hard. I have like no questions about this team playing hard, playing defense. They're going to be athletic. They're going to get out and run. They got a lot of athletes, and and they got some young guys who I think the fans can get excited about. So it's going to be the test for Nets fans out there to to say, hey, I am a, a Brooklyn Nets fan. I am part of the Brooklyn Brigade, and and I'm not, um, you know, just here to to stand Kyrie and 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 spread sage for him. And yeah. and at the end of the day, though, where does that get you, right? If you're if you're banking your entire fandom on Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And look, we've talked in the past about what it's, what it was like to be a Nets fan when they were going 12 and 70. And you're like, well, you know, I'm a Kobe fan, but I like the Nets and, and that whole, that whole vibe. And we've talked a lot about that, but at at the end of the day, you have a Nets franchise that, and if you want to thank Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving for anything, they boosted the stature of the team to a point where they can retain that stature. The Nets are never going to go back to being a, a, a seller, deller, seller dweller dumpster fire of a poverty franchise that people are going to look down on, even when, and, and rightful jokes are coming towards the Nets way right now for the way they've you know handled or failed to handle the Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving situation. Even among that, the Nets have constructed a good roster, not a championship winning roster, not a roster that I would expect to win. I, I think we can win a playoff series, but not two. Um, but at the end of the day, we have built a good team and have a great foundation, whether or not you can win a championship by picking up players in free agency. The Nets are in a very, very good position. Mikhail Bridges is a rising superstar in this league. Maybe not a superstar, maybe a star, but the way he's playing, he played in, in Devin Booker's absence was unreal. We have Cam Thomas, a player that is dropping 40 points on the regular. And I don't think people really are even comprehending how absurd that is cam thomas the only thing slowing him down is the fact that he has nobody around him to help take the ball out of his hands when he gets too tired he'd go for 60 if he if he had a little bit more stamina he does not stop scoring nick claxton has developed into a star in his own right if this season if nick claxton playing the way he's played for the second half of the season of what we've played so far the whole season he would be an all-star we are in a great position as a franchise the only reason that we are looking at this in a negative light and i understand why and it is a justifiably negative light is because we lost kevin durant last night this morning if you were to take the 2019 brooklyn nets before they signed you know those two players and you said in three years you are going to have some playoff successes some playoff failures but in three years you're going to have these level of rising stars under under long-term contracts who are very young a hundred percent of Nets fans would take that. And I think that's what it comes down to because no matter how sad we might be that those two players are gone, particularly the one that left last night, we are in a great position as a franchise to continue to, you know, follow our growth trajectory. This, this roster is better than the roster before this. this oh, absolutely. Better than Carol Jared Allen and, and that team. And Bridges, by the way, um, he averaged 23 points a game the last month. So 
you know, again, I'm not saying this team's winning a title or they got the guys who are going to create in the Eastern Conference Finals in the, the NBA Finals, but Bridges can average 20-plus points a game. Uh, Cam Thomas can average 20-plus points a game. I think Spencer Dinwiddie could average close to 20 points a game, right? Like uh, J- Johnson can average close to 20 points a game. They are not completely bereft of guys who can put the, the ball in the bucket, and they are uh, completely overflowing with length and quickness on the perimeter for the switchable schemes that they use that should make them excellent on the defensive end and in transition. I think I'd be more upset if we were close. I I think I'd be more sad if there was a run to the Eastern Conference Finals or a finals run in these last four years. But it has been all nonsense. And please do not forget, like, the world changed, you know. Please do not forget there was a mandate in the city and like go back before the mandate, right? We had a season interrupted by COVID. Uh, it's just it's just unfortunate timing. It's bad luck, right? You you get the superstars to come to Brooklyn that you dreamed of from the New Jersey Swamp Dragon days, right? You get those superstars, and a pandemic hits, and you know even our homegrown stars that we've seen go elsewhere and do well, like you you give them up for James Harden. And, uh, you know, I saw a tweet go out today that they said, you know, somebody somebody was sure that if Kyrie got vaccinated, this team would have been a juggernaut last year because I think Harden stays right. Harden Harden was the guy that had to carry the Houston Rockets. He came to Brooklyn for what he probably thought was going to be a quick, easy ring playing next to Katie and Kyrie. But that never happened. They played 16 games. It's okay, folks. You got to get over it. Like, this is how you start to turn the page. You know, like Hudson said. I think we're upset because KD did sign an extension. But, like, what does that mean in this NBA? What does that mean for a Kevin Durant that joined the Warriors, that left the Warriors to come to us? There ain't no loyalty in this. The only loyalty is between fans that grew up rooting for the team or live in the area and go see the team, right? We've already filtered out stands. I had some kid. This kid sent me a message on Instagram. I was just like, on the Talking Nets Instagram, which I barely even service, but the shit is goofy. Uh, he runs the Kyrie fan page. Mm-hmm. So he sends me a message, and he's like, um, <laughs> I, I don't even know when I talked to him. Like, yo, yo, and the last thing he says, uh, like, you know. You're I'll, slim. I wrote you, but you still ain't calling. Is yeah, like, I'll, <laughs> I'll, keep, I'll keep following. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll keep, it's been real. I'm going to keep following the page. He sent that Sunday 30 minutes after the Kyrie pay, um, trade goodbye goodbye i was here before these guys came in i've seen a ton of players i root for the laundry i root for the nets and when the nets do get back to a championship i hope they do it the right way and i think the organization is getting back to their roots getting back to the culture getting back to the foundation that attracted kevin and Kyrie here right remember that when these guys had the kooji jerseys and they started developing their own look and style. It was a rebrand. I know you guys don't think about it, but that's exactly what happened when they relocated. That's why they didn't really rep Jersey. That's where the whole Brooklyn, that whole chant came from them saying, okay, we are the Brooklyn Nets, the first professional team here since Jackie Robinson's Dodgers. We are going to rep this borough. And they eventually did pay homage to the New Jersey days, but like all of that was to attract these players, I think it was Luis Scola who said, once they win, they'll get whoever they want. I had to mute Mira in the chat because she's like, oh, Kyrie saying what he said might make people not want to come here. You, If you think people care about what Kyrie Irving has to say, you're confused. 
This is still an attractive destination. There's talent on this roster, and they have a coach. And I think this coach is going to be pleased with the pieces that he has, and he doesn't have to get in front of the media and lie for Kyrie or pretend for KD, right? We're going through this whole charade with KD these last few weeks. Man, this guy's like, I'm not trying to talk down on KD. Because KD is, is an all-time GOAT. I'm glad he played for the Nets. He did help us build this Nets world. But this guy is fragile. Every season, it's something. The Achilles season, he sat out the whole year. The next season, it was a hamstring. The last two seasons, a sprained MCL because guys fell on him. Mm -hmm. He was standing around. He admitted it himself. Oh, I wasn't locked in on the play. I wasn't paying attention. And guys fell into me. That is a, it's a butterfly effect. A chain reaction is set off by losing the best player in the NBA. James Harden don't want to be here after that. I'm not here to carry. Get me out of here. And then the next season, Kyrie, oh, I think I've carried. I put on a show against the New York Knicks. I'm so selfless. I've done right by my teammates. I left them in fourth place. You don't want to give me my extension? You want to talk about what I did off the court? Yes, Kyrie, you hurt a lot of people. Yes, Kyrie, you put people in harm's way. Yes, Kyrie, you brought negative attention and distractions to this franchise. I pulled up the other night and I made a joke. When I got out from the subway, it was just nice to see no one protesting. No signs, no megaphones, no one talking about vaccines, no one saying DeMar Hamlin was killed by the vaccine, nobody saying that the Holocaust didn't happen. Those people aren't showing up to Brooklyn anymore. So it's all vibes and energy with the fans. I was showing the Brooklyn Brigade because Bobby built this. Shout out to Bobby and the Brooklyn Brigade that they brought me in. The group of fans has more than quadrupled over the last few years. They have tryouts now. It's gang, gang, gang. There's a ton of us. So I don't want to hear there's no Nets fans. I don't want to hear this woe is me. No one's going to be in the arena. I'm in there tonight. I'll be on a halftime with uh, Capper and Carino, and then I'm on WFAN after the game. I don't care who you listen to on WFAN. If you're a Nets fan, listen to me talk about the team and where we go from here. Our world, Nets world. Yeah, it's the All the Smoke podcast. I guess um, K KD's podcast could be renamed Duck the Smoke if they want. But when you um, talk about this team, there's one other player I want to bring up, and and I know no one wants to talk about him, but I, I think it's important that we hit on this before this episode is over, and that is Ben Simmons. Uh, we're all tired of Ben Simmons. Uh, we're, we were all fed up with Ben Simmons. I think we all want Ben Simmons to be shipped off if, if possible, but we knew it was impossible. Bottom line is Ben Simmons – is still here, and it is in the Nets' best interest to try to rebuild him. Uh, you know, there still was a talent there at one point in time. He still is off of a back surgery. I'm not saying, I'm not hoping for that. I'm not casting my wagon to that. All I'm saying is they got the kind of personnel that theoretically he could work around, and, and it is important now for the Nets to try to rebuild Ben Simmons during this new era as pimp named Slickback writes in with the, the premium message. It's the Cam, Mikel, and Nick era. Let's go. And I agree with that. Those are the three core pieces of this team right now. But, you know, Ben Simmons, until he is officially moved, sent home, or off the team, it is in, in their best interest as a franchise to see if they can rehabilitate him to any degree. Yeah, and at the end of the day, right, it wouldn't have been a good call to trade him when he was at his lowest value point, right? He's only going to imp improve his value unless things get astronomically worse and he just stops playing or something going forward and i hate to say it i hate to say it but who's the best team in the nba it's the boston celtics it it pains me deeply in my heart that a boston team is first off the best at anything but that the celtics are the best team in the nba but 
look at how they did it. Look at how they built, right? They drafted their two stars. They drafted and developed their supporting cast. And while the Nets didn't draft, you know, Mikael Bridges or Cam Johnson, they're in a position to follow a similar road. If you would have looked at Jason Tatum in his second season, you know, if he had been given the run, the type of run that Cam Thomas got, probably would have put up similar numbers, right? It's a, a journey and it's a path that we're on. And the the takes that somehow, and I understand the frustration that Sean Marks and Joe Sire, the devil and his sister, it, it's it's just, it's frankly, and again, not to steal a quote from Kevin Durant, it's emotional. It's too emotional. And at, at this point, you have to look at where is the path and what is what are the organizations to emulate when it comes to becoming a championship contender and winner and if you're looking at teams that have had more success than what the nets were able to do with free agents you have to look at the celtics and that's kind of the way they did it and they drafted also very well uh remember um uh, brandon bats now another premium message retooling with young talent and a pimp name slick back is back what's <laughs> up pimpin bk way uh well I, I just lost my train of thought there for a second oh brian winhorse during the summer he had a he was on tv he said something along the lines of Joe Sy would rather root for, rather own a team that's fighting for the play-in or 40-something wins that he can be proud of than, than one he can't. I do think uh, if you were to put some of the executives, some of the highest-level people on a polygraph inside Barclays Center, they may um, be a little bit happier today than you would think on the surface. Yeah, I, I mean, not for nothing, yo. The Kyrie thing, I know he's – deleted his apology he's living his life and moving on that was really the last straw bro like the the anti-semitic stuff and not explaining it right thinking that because you feel you know yourself and you're this historian and you're smarter than everybody else that you don't have to give an explanation or apology like that was it man and the fact that he came back from that suspension and the nets did go on to win and it seemed like it was working and then they had to still blow it up it's dysfunctional I can't live like that. I don't know about you guys, but like I got to the point where I was like, I don't want to be attached to Kyrie Irving because this is not me. I'm not anti-Semitic. I took the vaccine as soon as I took it. I had to. And as a regular human being, like as a, a regular civilian, we can't relate to being above others. We have to show up to work 100% of the time or we get fired. We have to show up to work to make money to live in this city. We can't just pick and choose what we do. We're not so entitled. We're not so privileged. So like, I can't relate to, to that. And I'm glad that it's over. And I'm sure there's people inside the building that are like, okay, we're free of the headache. Now uh, we're getting to the end. And uh, I want to play these voicemails. If you left a voicemail that was three minutes, I, I, we can't do that. I, I, like, I don't understand. You might as well start your own pod. If you're going to leave a three minute voicemail, shout out to everybody that left a, a voicemail under a minute. Let's play them. Talking Nets, the unknown Nets fan. Just to let y'all know that the trade deadline um, is, is outrageous after the Kevin Durant shift to the Phoenix Suns. But I will say this: I don't know if there's any hope, but there's got to be hope at some point with the future of Nets. As long as uh, Joe Sy and the general manager and Sean Marks no longer in presence, the owner. Uh, and Joe side and Sean Marks, because at the end of the day, it starts at the top, and the Nets, us Nets fan needs a new owner, 
and a new general manager, similar to Shomar's, but better. And besides, well, you need a big you're not getting a you're not getting a new owner like that. Just <laughs> <laughs> the general manager, perhaps that could happen in the off season, but you're not getting a new owner. Sorry, it just is what it is. Let me say this. Like I just talked about being regular people, regular civilians. Joe Sai is a billionaire. He's a powerful man. And this Nets world has been built, and he owns this Nets world. And now he's doing things that he wants to do. He's not um, letting these guys hamstring him anymore. Sean Marks is his guy. If you remember, in the summer, when KD came out to request a trade, not only did Joe Sai have Sean Marks' back, but he had Steve Nash's back. Not because Steve Nash is a good coach, but because they're in business together. I think they own a lacrosse team together. They have a good relationship. Nash was never a good idea for the coach. But, like, if Joe Sai doesn't sell the team, if he doesn't fire Sean Marks, I won't be surprised. So fans that are talking about what needs to happen, like, you'll be gone before they're gone. Like, it's just you, you got to deal with that. Like, they're doing what they see best for business, and I'm not mad at them because it did not work. Like I said, I would be a little bit more upset if I was like, hey, we were in the finals last year. Or, hey, we were in the Eastern Conference finals two years ago. We we didn't we got swept out of first round. That shit was embarrassing, bro. I went to game three and I like I didn't want to go. And it also was embarrassing this year. Like if you listen to this podcast, like I'm going to the game tonight. I was at the game Monday and I also went to the Celtics game. I went to more games in the span of a month than I did in the first two months after opening night because I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. I was not pulling up and being being there under the nonsense that Kyrie brought to the team. You know, Jewish community sitting courtside uh, saying, you know, fight anti-Semitism. It's like, why the fuck do I have to, like, deal with all this? I just want to watch basketball. I just want to watch my local team go to my home arena in peace. Now we can do that at least in peace. Hudson, do you have anything to say to the last voicemail before I play the next one? Yeah, I just like I said before, it's just kind of an emotional take. Sean Marks and Josiah are not responsible for those two players, particularly Kyrie asking to leave if at this point you're still defending Kyrie as a Nets fan I think you should reevaluate your priorities come on come on that's the sound of Kyrie Irving making a good point doesn't exist yeah never yeah. <laughs> guy just says words he likes to use the word selfless but he walked no but he walked he walked with the 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 Mavs fans after the game guys guys he <laughs> He was with the community. Never never did that in Brooklyn. All right. I don't know why this one won't play. Come on. I'm dropping the fucking ball here. And it's not my fault because the Bluetooth is connected and the shit is just not playing. Come on now. Am I not connected to the Bluetooth? Or it might be. It's I hate smart technology. It's trying to connect to my MacBook. Clearly, I'm not using the MacBook. I'm using the speaker here. Goodness. All right. Shit's embarrassing me more than Katie and Kyrie and the Brooklyn Nets. Well, there we go. Nets, it's Corey C. Uh, longtime Nets fan, follower of all you guys. Just want to say uh, it's been a tough week, but I'm feeling excited about the team for the first time in a while. It's been a rough season, and frankly, it's been rough uh, for the last season and a half. So looking forward to hopefully uh, some good – Hard clock games under Vaughn and hopefully brighter days ahead. Thanks for what you guys do. Go Nets. Shout out to Corey. Corey messages us a lot, tweets at us a lot. Honestly, Corey, I don't have the patience or time to respond to you all the time, uh, but I, I appreciate you. I appreciate all the Nets fans. This should be a rough time. It's the end of an era. 
Yeah, one more pimp name slickback premium tweet, just making or premium uh, message, making sure we get it in. I think the thing too is we need our main stars to be homegrown. Look at Giannis, Curry, Tatum. You can add free agents later, but starts at home. I brought that point up earlier. LeBron James, Jokic, Embiid, yeah, like all all the guy, all the teams, all the contenders right now, they develop their own players. The free agency signings were kind of the things to put them over the top or to like add to the roster, not the exact basis core of what's going on. The last voicemail mentioned Jacques Vaughn. I do think Jacques Vaughn's going to make a lot of fans feel better later when he talks before the game and after the game, maybe the performance of the team tonight. I don't know how many players they're going to have available, but um, you know, probably not the, the Suns guys, but the Mavs guys should be available tonight. But I, I think watching the team is going to make people feel a little bit better. And, and, and I'm just hoping, you know, let, let's ride this Cam Thomas thing and, until the wheels fall off as far as that can go. Also, just want to point out the Cam Thomas thing. I know we're not, it's not going to be what we're talking about in this podcast, obviously. Not a mirage. In games where he plays more than 20 minutes, he's averaging something like 24 points per game. Just not a Linsanity run. This is this is who he is. It's Brooklyn in the house. Hey, this is Deshaun Wells. I was just calling to say, you're right. Let's keep our heads up about this. Uh, you know, good luck to both players, specifically KD. I know it wasn't the best unusual, unstressful workplace, um, but I feel like with the height and length that we got and incoming talent we got, uh, Claxton, Thomas, the sky's the limit, the future is the limit with these picks. Who knows, a veteran signing might come. I think things is going to be good. The East doesn't really scare me too much, so I think as long as we stay in that echelon of four, five, six, we should be fine. I think the future is going to be bright. Again, this is Deshaun Wells, Nets Nation. We will definitely, definitely be back. Agreed. And, like, let it play out. Everybody's so quick to say what can and can't happen. Something I tell people as a fan all the time is none of us know anything. None of us knew that Katie and Kyrie would be traded at this deadline. We did 10 podcasts leading up to the deadline talking about John Collins and Jakob Podol and uh, – you know what I'm saying? Like, nobody knows the script. Let let this play out. It's riveting. I don't know. It's entertainment to me. I can separate it, right? I'm good with the fact that I have a team and there's new players and there's going to be a different energy and buzz in the arena tonight. I can't wait to go to the game. I was hesitant to go to the game when I when I knew what type of energy was surrounding the team with Kyrie. It just It's just different. Yeah. It's just and not different. for nothing. It's more fun. Like, as, as people who talk about the Brooklyn Nets – I am so excited to talk about a fun team. And we had through that entire era people talking about, oh, I miss I miss the D-Lo Nets. We got a better version of that same level of fun team. You know, like this is one. We're of not the, the villains anymore. We're, we're not the, not the big bad, big three. We're not the we're not the, the team that everybody wants to see fail in our own states. The hyenas are gone. New Jersey. The hyenas are gone. Like in my group chats on Twitter, whatever. That's the best thing about it. The hyenas are never, uh, you know, going to be around again to cackle. This was their final day of cackling. And then, okay, you can say the Nets are irrelevant, but not to Nets fans. And hopefully, the team itself can make it self-relevant by its level of play. Because if they're in a playoff series playing against the Philadelphia 76ers or the Cleveland Cavaliers or whoever it is, that makes them relevant. A great philosopher once said. Ain't shit funny. Laugh now, cry later when the Nets are still relevant, when the Nets still have fans, when they're still selling out games, when they're still winning games, when they're still going to the playoffs. The shirt says we are playoffs. You know why? You know why they came up with that tagline? Because 
the other team in Manhattan could not make the playoffs. And the Nets just found ways to make the playoffs in 2012 and 2013 and 2015 and 2018. It's like, okay, we're we're little brother, but why are we in the dance and you can't ever get in? The we're, Nets we're are in the going dance playing like Jared Dudley. Like we find ways. Yeah. All right. A uh, couple more voicemails. Let's see. Uh, two more, two more, two more, two more. Uh, this one's over a minute, but that's fine. It's uh, a minute eight. That's pretty long. Let's see. Let's see what Rest you got. in peace to the KD Kyrie era, man. Not much was given, not much was sent, and not much was done. Hey, listen, I'm all for I'm all for the end of it, man. Listen, I like Kyrie. That's my second favorite point guard, man. But for some lack of accountability, man, I can't let you get away with that. KD number seven, you worked hard, bro. But hey, listen, man, you quit on you left, so. Hey, listen, y'all can all y'all can both get out of here. Um, good pickups, I guess. Decent, you know. It's over. Um, this the era of the stands are gone. Harden gone, KD gone, Kyrie gone. We ain't gotta worry about that no more. All we gotta worry about is the Nets. That's all I'm worried about. I don't think. I honestly, personally, think this entire thing with the superstars didn't work out. It's not built for Sean Marks and Joe Sy. We know that now. Try the two times. Don't do whatever again. Just do what the blueprint. We've got a lot of teams out here that got the blueprint for building young stars. Let's just focus on that. Let's go net. I like that energy, right? We fool me once, fool me twice. We did the Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce nonsense. Didn't work. We tried it again with KD Kyrie. Now I see a future of this Nets world where they have young talent and they keep drafting and adding young, young talent and they build a contender. They stay in contention. You know, there's so many people saying this team can't win a championship. Okay, not many teams are teams in the NBA that can win a championship. It seems like the same damn teams end up in the finals. Seems like the same teams figure out how to stay relevant and stay in the finals. I think there's a future, though, where the Nets build a contender and they don't have to sell their souls to players who have zero loyalty zero accountability they look at this whole thing as a business and as a game where it's like ah if you're not gonna run me my money you know i don't have to show up and play every single game load manage oh i'm injured i'll take my time coming back like that's done that's done yeah i apologize for saying something about the length of the voicemail that was a good one okay last one What's up, guys? My name is Dylan. Uh, I want a hoodie from you guys if you remember in a giveaway to, uh, you know, way back when, before the Harden trade. What's the man? When we had merch. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, <laughs> but we got a bright future. Cam Thomas, Mikhail Bridges, uh, Cam Johnson, Nick Claxton. A little weird that we didn't trade some of our veteran pieces, but I'm excited, man. We're not in a bad situation in comparison to what we were after the KG Paul Pierce trade. At least we have a future. Excited to hear you guys talk about it. Let's go, Nets. Okay, that's all the voicemails. And shout out to everybody calling the voicemail. Like, we had two more, but they were three minutes, and I'm not going to play them. Um, I'll say this because we're wrapping this thing up as we're getting close to an hour here. Like, I hope you guys feel better. I hope you guys can breathe and exhale and move on. Like, honestly, last night, I wish I was on air. Uh, I drove home, and as soon as I could, like, relax and chill, the news broke, and I'm like, retweeting everything and reading through everything and i wasn't mad i was relieved i knew i i i knew that katie i knew katie was done 
I did not know if they were going to be able to get that type of package for him, which could have led them to not trading him. I'm fine with the package that they got, the picks. And uh, something I said online was, we're going to care about the draft for years to come. After the whole Billy King uh, 2013 nonsense, we didn't have any picks. So we hosted the draft, and, and, and it was whack to see all of these players get picked with the Brooklyn Nets pick. Now we're going to have some picks. And now we have a future. We have young talent. It is not all doom and gloom. That's what they want you to, to do. They want you to be sad. They want you to hide your Nets gear. Don't hide, right? Knicks fans in town are relieved because the Nets didn't win a championship before them with the superstars. But what they don't realize is Nets fans are relieved that we don't have to go through the nonsense. We can get back to basketball. We can get back to just having vibes and energy around our team and not distractions and nonsense that come with this superstar route that we had. KD and Kyrie got together as friends. They they thought that they were going to win a championship. They talked a big talk, and we all bought into it, as we should, as Nets fans. But that is over now, and I understand if you love these guys. I love watching both of them play, I, I, and I will root for them. I, will, I would love to see Kevin Durant win a ring with Chris Paul and, and Book this year. I, like, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't change my day. It really I, wouldn't. I, I like watching him play too. I'm not sure I'm rooting for him, but that's okay. Yeah, you wish- guys don't have to. I'm, I'm, I'm a basketball wishing, fan. I'm like, not wishing them ill, but I don't know if I'm going to be like, yay, go Kyrie. In the, in go the West, Kitty. in the West, I don't want to see the Warriors get there again. Uh, the, the Nuggets, I'd like to see win. But if if KD is great on this Suns team with Book and Chris Paul, and Chris Paul wins a ring, like that's a good story for the NBA. Yeah, uh, I'm not mad. I'm not I'm saying not I'm not saying I'm rooting for Kyrie and the Mavs. I don't I don't want to confuse that. Yeah, like I'm not Ky- rooting for Kyrie. Ky- Kyrie it, Kyrie has just like ruined his whole standing with Nets fans and like I can't even wear his jersey. I'll wear my my Kevin Durant jersey because KD did put the team on his back. KD did rep the Nets world, but he was forced into a position where he's like, "All right, what's the point of me being here? Send me where I want to go." Um Kyrie just he, he ran his mouth and he did a ton of negative things that brought negative attention that he was never really accountable for and kind of looked at it like, hey, I'm, I'm good at shooting the basketball. You guys should just forget about this stuff and, and hurt people along the way. I don't think that's cool. So, yeah, he's um, got Hall of Fame bridge, bridge burner. I don't know. I've never seen someone. He, he manages to piss everybody off like he, he's he's going to run real low on ill will once he retires eventually. I'm just happy. And I know we, we've talked about this a couple of times. We we have a Twitter account with, that has, you know, s- close to 17,000 followers. Followed at Talking Nets. If you don't, I'd be surprised if you didn't. We lost some stands today. But we lost like, some stands. I we love that. About, I yeah, love that. We lost that. about Get 300 followers overnight. Like, and that goobies can go. go. Yeah. That's a great. That's great. That's great. I, I think we have built this brand. We have built Talking Nets. Not only just for the Nets fans that were here at 12 and 70 and, you know, the Kerry Kittles and back when they were the IZOD Center, not just them, but the people who joined this Nets world when the stars came and decided to become Nets fans and didn't just, you know, stick to being Kyrie fans or KD stands or whatever. You know, it's not about, oh, I'm a Stan account, but uh, I'll still follow you guys. I'll still I respect you guys. What? No, it's about becoming Nets fans. And. And the Nets world has grown and we have become more of an evolved community. And I think, again, if you want to look back on all of the losses and things that went wrong during this tenure, you can. But what did happen during the 7-Eleven era 
is that the Nets asserted themselves as a basketball powerhouse, as a premier franchise on the world stage. And that's not going anywhere. The Nets are not going to lose every game for the rest of the season. They're going to be a good team next season. We are growing into a very large international powerhouse franchise. And that does not stop when players leave. And that is bigger than players, no matter how many stands they have, no matter how many followers or how individually great they are. We are an organization and that organization has lots of fans and we're in a position now where we can keep growing and we can incorporate those people into the fandom and keep getting these, these people to come in and enjoy Brooklyn Nets basketball. Because at the end of the day, the organization, if you want to say thank you to them for, for anything, is in a better spot from a, a notoriety stage than we were four years ago. And with, when you think all the way back to that, right, you can say, okay, we have a bigger community now. And yeah, we lost some stands. And yeah, there were a lot of annoying people that were part of the community and now we're gone. But we have so many more fans now who are committed to the cause. And I think that's exciting because I don't want fans of the Nets that are just going to leave when a player leaves. I don't think there's Mikhail Bridges stands. I guess there's Villanova fans. But I don't want players on this team that are going to bring those fans and then leave. Because at the end of the day, Talking Nets is supposed to be the voice of the fans. You know, we're not analysts. We're not reporters. We're fanalists was the original tagline of the show. And I want this to be a fan space. And I want really want there to be fans that are here for the Nets. And I think we're in a position where we have that now. Well said. Anything else, Robin? Uh, no, you, no the, the chant. Brooklyn. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going to shower up and head to the game. And uh, I was here as a Nets fan long before I ever imagined Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving playing for the team. I'll be here after. I'm proud that now I, I do say I'm a Nets fan, right? I don't say, oh, I'm a Braun fan, I'm a Kobe fan, and I root for the Nets. Like, the Nets have given us some moments to be proud of. They have built a real fan base, a real NBA organization, a, a real arena, a real home court advantage, and you'll hear it tonight. We'll see what the Bulls look like, um, and we'll see what Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith look like. like we're, we have a different team now. We have a couple guys. Um, ben Simmons should be buried on the bench. There's no reason for him to play. And, you know, you'll, you'll find us on the podcast. We'll come right back and do, do episodes. Like, we're not stopping the podcast because these guys are out. Uh, I'm not going to not show up to the game because these guys are out. I can't wait to go to the game. So, our world, Nets world, and it's a brand new day. Let's go Nets. Let's go Nets. Brooklyn.